When does short-term sinusitis become long-term or chronic sinusitis? We're going to talk about that next on Scope Radio. Access to our experts with in-depth information about the biggest health issues facing you today. The Specialists with Dr. Tom Miller is on The Scope. Hi, I'm here with Dr. Jeremiah Alt. He is an ENT surgeon, your nose and throat physician. He's in the Department of Surgery here at the University of Utah. Jeremiah, uh, all of us, or most of us, I would think, have have had uh, acute or sudden onset sinusitis. Most of that is due to viruses, lasts a few days to a week or so, and then goes away. When does that become chronic sinusitis? And what is chronic sinusitis? Something we commonly see in my practice as a rhinologist, we commonly describe acute sinusitis as either viral or bacterial. And these are really short-term. These, you know, you consider viral up to seven days. And if they're lasting over seven days, then you can um, start considering this to be potentially a bacterial rhinosinusitis. And commonly, that's when your provider is going to prescribe an antibiotics. It's normal to have two to three um, episodes of these um, either viral or bacterial rhinosinusitis a year in general amongst the population. The concern becomes when these occur more than four times a year. Um, When they occur more than four times a year, we start to come into a category of sinusitis that needs a little bit more specialty care, and this is called reoccurrent acute rhinosinusitis. Now, this is different than what people would experience during an allergy season. It's not just runny nose or itchy nose and sneezing. I mean, you've got pain, discomfort, and postnasal drip, and basically during sinus inflammation, you don't feel very good. Yeah, that's correct. You know, um, we commonly um, really describe this with four big symptoms that I like to talk about, and one is nasal obstruction or congestion. One is a loss. Another is a loss of smell. Um, A third is facial um, pain and pressure that the patient has during these episodes. Is there any particular place that they'll have that pain? Um, You know, that's some of the studies that we're doing that we quite um, don't particularly understand, which is a misconception that pain and pressure behind the eyes or underneath the eyes correlates well to a sinus infection. That's just not true per se. Although I suspect that's also true with headaches. I know there's been this association, and I'm not sure that's a clear association. Correct. And so commonly we... we, um, need to do further imaging or testing and um, um, to determine if the facial pain and pressure is really due to a, a sinus infection. And, um, you know, talking the, the difference really between acute and chronic then is really about the time course. So acute, we're talking about, you know, seven to 10 days. Um, and chronic is really what we describe as something that occurs over 12 weeks. So this is a long, drawn-out um, infection that they continue to have congestion, obstruction, um, loss of smell, facial pain and pressure. Um, and it's not cleared by medical management, which what I mean by that is antibiotics or oral steroids or rinses for the nose or decongestants. And they continue to have a substantial reduce of quality of life during this time. How do you deal with that if they've had several courses of antibiotics um, or a course of steroids and they're still plugged up, so to speak. What's right. the next step there? Well, um, part of the issue is, is what is the etiology of chronic sinusitis? Um, and the etiology of chronic sinusitis isn't completely known. Um, many different things can be contributing. It probably have, has to do to an array of um, different competing factors, such as allergy or um, um, environmental exposure of the um, you know, poor air quality. It could be due to an autoimmune issue. 
So what I'm getting at is that the underlying cause of chronic rhinocytosis is not the bacteria itself or the infection. It's really a disease of inflammation that we're just beginning to understand. When they make it to your doorstep, do you end up treating them again medically to see if that works? I know sometimes the duration of the antibiotic course is not necessarily long enough. Um, sometimes it might help to do both antibiotics and steroids to reduce the inflammation as you speak about. Right. But it sounds like maybe you, do you give them another chance at medical therapy before you start talking about surgical correction? Yeah, we normally like to um, discuss what we consider maximal medical management for patients with this disease. And that really entails uh, four big things that most of the rhinologists across the United States agree with. You know, recent surveys in 2007 and 2013, looking at all the rhinologists across the United States, they really kind of agree on four big things. And those four big things are, was the patient treated with an oral antibiotic? Yes or no? If, if no, um, they need to be on it. The next is um, basically topical cortical steroids. These are drugs you've probably heard in um, the news with like Nasonex. Or they're now over the counter, as I recall. That's correct. And now they're over the counter. So this is a, a second thing that patients really need to be on. A third is actually some type of high volume irrigation in their nose. So they're irrigating their nose out with some type of saline solution. And the fourth would be um, oral steroids, particularly in those patients, what we um, diagnose as chronic sinusitis with nasal polyps. What about the use of topical sympathomimetics like uh, Afrin that you could buy over the counter? I think some people find initially that that works pretty well. Is there a problem with long-term use of that? Yeah, so um, short-term use, I think these can be very beneficial to the um, patient with improving the nasal obstruction and congestion that they feel. Um, and it may also open up the sinuses some to, to help deliver a medication. However, um, we commonly um, discourage long-term use of these because they can be somewhat addicted to your nose where your nose can become more inflamed and release more mucus, um, causing overall longer-term uh, you know, uh, deficits with that medication. So let's say that you take a patient through the four steps that you've outlined and they don't respond to therapy. What would be the next step? So the next step is um, an honest discussion of um, how this is really affecting their overall quality life. Because the next step, um, we commonly think of surgery. And surgery isn't a cure for chronic sinusitis, but it does help improve the medical treatment of chronic sinusitis. So um, I like to really discuss that this is overall an elective procedure, and if, if, chronic, if their chronic sinus disease is affecting them enough, uh, which we know it is just as severe or more severe than those with um, on kidney dialysis or diabetes or hip replacement, so we know it really affects patients' quality of life. So surgery gives them the opportunity um, to basically what I – what I like to term hit the reset button it helps open up the sinuses to help us deliver better medical care. What percentage of patients with chronic sinusitis do end up with surgery as a potential treatment? Um, I think it depends on the, the you know the surgeon and um, who you're talking with. I, I would say here at the University of Utah, we normally deal with uh, more complex cases. Patients many times have already had one or two surgeries, and they've been um, treated with multiple rounds of different type of medical therapies. So in my practice, um, I would say the majority end up um, needing some type of surgical management to get to get a hold of the, the problem. In the community, it, it just depends. You know, you can have great response with a, a thoughtful um, uh, program and um, 
medical treatment for your chronic sinusitis that doesn't always need to have surgery. So in conclusion, what would you tell a patient who's seeing one a primary care physician in terms of when might it be time for them to head on over and seek your expertise? Yeah, as we talked about in the beginning, I think it is um, really need to consider how many times a year you're getting sinus infections. Is it is it four or more? Um, is it um, how long do you have the sinus problem in general? Is it seven to ten days, or do they really stretch off between one month, three months? And definitely, if the disease is stretching on to that two or three month, you probably need to see a specialist. I'd like to put a final plug in, and I'll see if you agree with me, that if you have acute sinusitis, sudden onset sinusitis, and it lasts only a week, you shouldn't necessarily be asking for antibiotics. Yeah, that's a great point and a common uh, misperception of that. Um, I think we over-prescribe antibiotics, um, and patients commonly feel they have a sinusitis. Um, but, you know, with a, a good medical uh, physical exam, many times it's viral and, and you can wait. Now, you have to be cautious, and every patient's different. And many times you can have um, complications from a viral, um, you know, sinusitis. So you, it's depending but, on the patient. But overall, in general, you're right. Generally up to seven days. Yep. If it clears in seven days, you do not need an antibiotic. TheScopeRadio.com is University of Utah Health Sciences Radio. If you like what you heard, be sure to get our latest content by following us on Facebook. Just click on the Facebook icon at TheScopeRadio.com.